0: Okay, grab your Bibles, turn to Genesis chapter 40. I like smash mouth. Genesis chapter 40. We're gonna, we're gonna jump right into it. First we need to pray and ask the Lord to help us to get what he has for us. There's truth in God's scripture God's word is speaking to us. We gotta have ears to hear it, and so we have not because we ask not. Uh, let's ask the Lord for help this morning. Amen? Amen. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, wake up, it's time to get to work. Yeah. Father, Lord, we come to you today in Jesus' name, and we do need you. Lord, let your words speak into our hearts and lives. Help us to see the picture of Joseph as a type of Christ. We want to see Jesus in Genesis and so give us eyes to see. Help us to see the example of Joseph's life and to follow uh, that example, to learn from it. Uh, Lord, we want to bring you glory and Lord, there are trials. There There are points of persecution in this life and God, you don't, hide us from those things, you use those things in our lives and, and so Lord, we want to we see Joseph's story, see his example and be encouraged and Lord, see our faith grow and so God, we need you, we trust you, have your way this morning in Jesus' name, amen. Okay, Genesis chapter 40, here we see Joseph's gift of interpreting dreams on display again, and let's just call that first section, verses one through 19, we're gonna see Joseph's faith on display, faith displayed. Verse one says, and it came to pass after these things that the butler of the king of Egypt and his baker had offended their lord the king of Egypt. And Pharaoh was wroth against two of his officers, against the chief of the butlers, and against the chief of the bakers. So here's a pro tip, anytime you're working for a king, uh, get the food right. If you don't get the food right, um, well, verse three, and he put them in a ward in the house of the captain of the guard into the prison. I mean, you burn the king's stake. Do not pass go, go straight to jail. (laughs) Into the prison, the place where Joseph was, was bound, and the captain of the guard charged Joseph with them So here's the lowly Hebrew slave boy in charge of two chief officers uh, in in Pharaoh's government. And he served them. So Joseph is over them, he is serving them. Hello, servant leaders. And they continued a season in in ward and they dreamed a dream, both of them, each man his dream in one night, each man according to the interpretation of his dream the butler and the baker of the king of Egypt, which were bound in the prison. And Joseph came in unto them in the morning and looked upon them and behold, they were sad. And he asked Pharaoh's officers that were with them in the ward of his Lord's house saying, wherefore look ye so sadly today? And they said unto him, we have dreamed a dream and there is no interpreter of it. And Joseph said unto them, do not interpretations belong to God? Tell me them, tell me, tell me them, I pray you. And the chief butler told his dream to Joseph and said to him, in my dream, behold, a vine was before me. And in the vine were three branches as it wa- and it was as though it budded and her blossom shot forth and the clusters thereof brought forth ripe grapes. And Pharaoh's cup was in my hand and I took the grapes and pressed them into Pharaoh's cup and I gave the cup into Pharaoh's hand. And Joseph said unto him, this is the interpretation of it, three branches are three days. Yet within three days shall Pharaoh lift up thine head and restore thee unto thy place, and thou shalt deliver Pharaoh's cup into his hand after the former manner when thou wast his butler. But think on me when it shall be well with thee, and show kindness I pray thee unto me, and make mention of me unto Pharaoh, and bring me out of this house. For indeed I was stolen away out of the land of the Hebrews, and here also I have done nothing, that they should put me into the dungeon. Okay, so here at both the baker and Joseph see that the butler, is going to be blessed by God. His dream, the interpretation of his dream shows that this man is due for promotion. And so Joseph sees this as an opportunity. Hey, whenever you're restored into your job, could you put in a good word for me? I am suffering unjustly in this place. Well, that's, that's a natural response. If you're in prison, the one thing you want more than anything is to get out of prison. My brother is serving two lifetime terms Uh, He has been in prison for over 20 years. We talk typically once a week. Uh, He and I will visit on the phone and and, uh, guess what, 97, I'm gonna go with 97% of the content of our conversations are about. Anybody wanna guess? What it will take to get him out of there. That's all he talks about. He's obsessed about getting out of that place. Well, prison is not fun, even when you're running it. It's not fun, and so there's you know. I mean, Joseph, he is in charge, and he talks about it in terms of his Lord's house. This is not this is not some hole that they're all stuffed in. This is another reason uh, to recognize that Potiphar knows something was hinky with his wife's story, so he's not his head wasn't cut off in the front yard. Uh, he wasn't cast into another hole. He's not, he's not doing hard time. Uh, but, but prison is a tough place. His freedoms are stripped away. Remember me when you're, report, when you're promoted. Well, the butler, he has the exact same idea. Verse 16, when the chief, I'm sorry, the baker has the exact same idea. When he saw, the chief baker saw that the interpretation was good. It's like, well, I had a dream too. He said unto Joseph, I also was in my dream, and behold, I had three white baskets on my head, and the uppermost basket in the uppermost basket, there was all manner of baked meats for Pharaoh, and the birds did eat them out of the basket upon my head. And Joseph answered and said, this is the interpretation thereof, the three baskets are three days, yet within three days shall Pharaoh, shall, why do I keep saying shero? Pharaoh, <laughs> shall Pharaoh lift up thy head from off thee and shall hang thee on a tree and the birds shall eat thy flesh from off thee. And please don't say anything about me to Pharaoh while all this is happening, you know, like. Okay, so there it is. Uh, Two officers, two dreams, one's gonna be promoted, the other is going to face perdition, destruction. But here's Joseph right in the middle of all of it and you just need to get this down in your notes. Joseph in prison, he is exactly where God wants him. He is exactly where God wants him. See, God used Joseph's right response to temptation to place him in the exact center of his will for his life. I mean, did Joseph do anything wrong in Potiphar's house? He did everything right and if Potiphar knew everything, Potiphar would be so glad over over Joseph, so bitterly disappointed in his wife he did nothing wrong and yet he's serving time. First Peter chapter three verse 14 says, but and if ye suffer for righteousness' sake, happy are ye. Remember the uh, apostles, when they first suffered persecution, they came back and reported it to the church with joy because they were counted worthy to suffer for Christ's name's sake. They counted it all joy to suffer, carrying their cross following the Lord Jesus. Happy are ye, and be not afraid of their terror, neither be troubled, but sanctify the Lord God in your hearts, and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear, having a good conscience, that whereas they speak evil of you as of evildoers, they may be ashamed that falsely accuse your good conversation in Christ. Well, this, what Peter is talking about to believers, this is exactly what Joseph is facing I mean, all he was was faithful in Potiphar's house. Potiphar saw it, he trusted him with everything. Joe had access to everything, obviously he doesn't have access to Potiphar's marriage bed. He doesn't have access to that. Joe is faithful, all he is is faithful. And his wife, all she did was try to perpetrate on him, try to lure him into adultery. And when he refused, she uses Joseph's own clothes in order to incriminate him. And so you know, here Potiphar puts him in prison instead of putting him to death. And that shows that he doesn't believe her story. If he believed his wife, he would have been executed immediately. But don't miss Joseph as a type of Christ. Don't miss the picture that we're seeing here. So today, I just wanna start laying out these parallels between Joseph and Jesus. We need to see that in your notes. I gave you a handout. If you're looking, I think we've got five pages of notes this morning. And you're saying, how long will this service be? Same as every other week. I just gave you some material to help you in your studies of Joseph as a type of Christ. But here it is. Both Joseph and Jesus are completely innocent. Both were taken into custody, taken into prison. Our Lord was unjustly sentenced to death, wasn't he? Well, so also Joseph. He was unjustly sentenced into prison. Potiphar knew something was wrong, so he puts him in, you know, in a in a in in a, in a club fed type facility, okay. He he, he finds no fault in him, and that's exactly what, 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 what Pilate said about Jesus, right? I find no fault in this man. So don't miss the parallel between how Potiphar responds to Joseph and how Pilate responds to Jesus. Potiphar's wife brings false lying accusation against Joseph. Wicked, unreasonable, lewd men, right, liars, bring false accusation against the Lord Jesus Christ. Pilate, he's got the the eyes of the civilized world upon him, and so he has to act in a way that looks right before man. The same thing for Potiphar. He can't just assign Joseph to another household uh, he, has to, he has to follow propriety. This man has to, I mean, his wife is saying he tried to rape her, so he puts him into prison. Well, Pilate, you know, I find no fault in this man. I find no fault in this man, and yet still condemns him to death for appearance's sake. So get this down in your notes. Both Jesus and Joe were innocent. Both Jesus and Joe suffered first at the hands of their brethren, and then at the hands of the Gentiles. Don't miss that parallel. Uh, It started with the Jewish people with Jesus, but ultimately it was Rome, right? At at the behest of the religious rulership of the Jewish nation, Jesus was put to death by Roman guards. Acts chapter seven verse nine says that the patriarchs moved with envy, sold Joseph into, into Egypt. First he suffers at the hands of his brethren. Verse 10, and delivered him out of all of his afflictions and gave him favor and wisdom in the sight of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and he made him governor over Egypt and all his house. So don't miss that progression. First, he suffered at the hands of his brethren. Then he suffered at the hands of the Gentiles, and then he ends up being Lord over all, both Jew and Gentile. That's what we're going to see before the story of Joseph's life ends. Well, so also with Christ. He suffers at the hands of the Jewish people. The Pharisees were the ringleader in the persecution and then ultimately the crucifixion of Jesus. It was the the Sadducees that went after his apostles after his death, burial, and resurrection. But there it is. So first he suffers but then he is magnified and he's ruler, the Lord Jesus ends up being king of kings and lord of lords over both Jew, and Gentile. Are you starting to see how Joseph is an incredible type? He's an incredible picture of the Lord Jesus Christ. So both are cast into prison. Jesus was numbered with the transgressors. But both end up winning the respect, if I can pull out my air quotes here, both end up winning the respect of their jailer. Right, the jailer, in Joseph's case, puts Joseph in charge. Verse 21 of chapter 39 says the reason is that Lord, the Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. Where Christ was concerned, in Luke chapter 23, verse 47, the centurion, the guy in charge of his crucifixion, saw what was done. He glorified God saying, certainly this was a righteous man. Jesus won the respect of his jailer. Both were, don't miss the picture in Joseph's case, but both were resurrected to rule over all. Psalm 105, verse 17, speaking of Joseph, God sent a man, he sent a man before them, even Joseph, who was sold for a servant, whose feet they hurt with fetters, he was laid in iron, until the time that his word came, the word of the Lord tried him, the king sent and loosed him, even the ruler of the people, and let him go free. He made him lord of his house, and ruler of all his substance, to bind his princes at his pleasure and teach his senators wisdom. How many know we need Jesus to teach our senators wisdom? (laughs) Lord help us, okay there it is. Do you see the parallel? Jesus Christ, first he suffered a little but then he is perfected, he is glorified, he is manifest as king of kings and lord of lords. So also in the life of Joseph. Both Joseph and Jesus were with two others condemned to die. Don't miss that parallel. And in both cases, one finds perdition, the other finds life. So the butler is released, he's restored, and the baker loses his head. So also with Christ, hung between two thieves at Calvary, and one was with Jesus that day in paradise. And the other went into eternity, bearing his own sin. Do you see the picture? Is everybody with me? Yeah. I mean, how come I'm not watching, like like heads ought to be going. <laughs> Joseph, a type of Christ. It's incredible. One of the malefactors which were hanged, railed on Jesus, saying, if thou be Christ, save thyself and us. But the other answering rebuked him, saying, dost thou not fear God, seeing that thou art in the same condemnation, and we indeed justly, for we have received the due rewards of our deeds, but this man hath done nothing amiss. And he said unto Jesus, Lord remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. So there's an inverse there, The, 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 the penitent thief, right, the repentant thief is saying to Jesus, I see you will be, I mean you're hanging on a cross with me, but you're gonna be promoted, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Uh, It's the inverse in Joseph's case. Uh, You know, here's one condemned to die, he's gonna be restored. Remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus said unto him, verily, verily, I say unto thee, today shalt thou be with me in paradise. And then think about both Jesus and Joseph. Neither spake their own words. They spoke the will of the Father. Jesus said as much in John chapter 12, verse 49. I have not spoken of myself, but the Father which sent me, he gave me a commandment, what I should say and what I should speak. So that's what I'm saying. So also with Joseph, what did he do? He just faithfully faithfully communicated the visions that he received from the Lord. Sheaves bowed before my sheaf. The sun, the moon, and the stars bowed before me. Well, you think we're gonna bow before you? And they end up persecuting him. They end up killing him, right? They end up, I mean now he is dead to their family. When it's all said and done, what do father, mother, brethren, what do they do? They bow before him. That's what we'll see before the story is over. In both cases, both Jesus and Joseph, their words were true, they came to pass. Jesus said in Luke chapter 21 verse 33, heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. 1 Peter 1 the word of the Lord endureth forever, and this is the word which by the gospel is preached unto you. Mark it down everything that Jesus said, the word of the Lord Jesus Christ. Heaven and earth will pass away before any of this book will in any wise pass away. What God said, you can take it to the bank, you can believe on it, because if He said it, that settles it. We need, as 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 people of faith, as people, the people of God, as the church of Jesus Christ that assembles at 40th and Walnut, brothers and sisters, we need to be all about this book. Nothing else matters but what God said, why? Well, because what he said is sure. You can't count on anything else in this world. I mean, politicians will make promises. Can you count on those? If you are paying attention, you will recognize very quickly you can't count on any of them. People will say anything to get what they want. God said everything to get you in his family. Man, God said everything that he said to save you from the wages of your own sin. God said everything that he said so that you could walk as his child. Oh man, I pray that we'll be a people of the book. So both Jesus and Joseph just said what God told them to say. Both desired to be remembered. Joe said to the butler, think on me, right? But think on me when it shall be well with thee. We saw that in verse 14. What did Jesus say to the disciples? He wanted them to remember him. Do this in remembrance of me. Didn't he say that? As oft as you eat the bread and you drink the cup, what are you doing? You're doing that. You're observing the Lord's table in remembrance of Christ's sacrifice. He bore our sin at Calvary in his body. And then his righteous blood was shed that day to wash our sin away. To justify us before, here we are sinners, now reckoned in the sacrifice of Christ. So the wickedness of our sin was judged 2,000 years ago at Calvary. And just as Christ died 2,000 years ago, we died in him. Just as Christ was buried 2,000 years ago, we're buried in him, read Romans 6. And just as Christ rose again on the third day to eternal life, we are risen together in Jesus. Man, how awesome is the mind of God to reckon us dead, buried, and resurrected in the person of Christ. You won't stand before God in your own righteousness. You're not gonna stand before God because you're a great person, because you're so smart or you're so brilliant. No, you're gonna stand before God. If you're standing before God, it's grateful over the finished work and the sacrifice of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so when Christ gave up everything in order to get us, right, to buy us out of the sin that separates us from God and and to pull us back into relationship with him, he gave everything. He wants us to remember that. You know, at the end of the day, okay, let's say Eric and I are walking down the street and somebody comes out, they pull their nine millimeter and they say, give me your money, and Eric panics. and instead of reaching for his wallet, he's like, it looks like he's going for a gun, and the guy, the, the nine millimeter comes out, and I'm like, no, and I leap out in front of Eric to shield him from this mugger, and I take two, right in the torso. Doesn't look like I'm gonna make it. Somehow, by miracle of miracles, I mean, I come back from death, okay? I come back from the brink, and I'm, and I'm restored to health, the first time Eric gives me any flack, what do I say to him? Bro, do you remember that time? That I died for you? I own you, right? <laughs> any disagreement for the rest of our life, I win. That, that will be my temptation, that would be the, uh, who, wouldn't, who wouldn't be tempted to take that position. Jesus, remember me. I want you to remember me. I gave everything in order to get you. Why did they both suffer so? Well, it was to fulfill God's counsel, determine what was determined before to be done. Remember what we saw in Psalms. Psalms 105, Joseph was sent before them, before the family of Israel. He was sold for a servant. They bound him, he was laid in iron. They heard him until it was time to promote him. He had to be in the right place at the right time in order that the will of God could be fulfilled. So also with Christ, Acts 4, chapter 25, verses 25 through 28 says, Who by the mouth of thy servant David hath said, Why did the heathen rage and the people imagine vain things? The kings of the earth stood up, and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ. For of a truth against thy holy child, Jesus, whom thou hast anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, with the Gentiles and the people of Israel were gathered together for to do what? To do whatsoever thy hand and thy counsel determined before to be done. It was God's plan that Jesus be crucified. Why? Because you couldn't bear your own sin before him. Jesus had to do it. It was God's plan for Joseph to be delivered over. Why? Because the whole world had to be saved. And somebody, the right man in the right place, had to hear the word of the Lord and to give a fit answer, a fit word for a big problem. It had to be Joseph. So God delivered him over. It was his will. You're going through some trial, some problem, some difficulty, and you're tempted to say, God, why is this happening to me? Here's the chilling answer, God's response. If you're going through it, what's the, I mean, based on what we're seeing here in the word of God, what is the answer? God, why am I going through this? Why am I suffering like this? Because I want you to. And if that is the center of God's will, that is the place not just for you to learn, not just for you to grow, not just for you to find out that he's enough, but never lose sight of what God's setting up for the future. Who knows how God's getting ready to use you in the lives of people? I've heard more stories over my life than I can count of people who watched other believers suffering in faith. They see the grace of God on their life and that was the point of decision for them. They see a saint suffering in faith, suffering by the grace of God full of joy, full of peace. And then they, I mean, that settles it for them. They know it's real. And it becomes the decision, it becomes the point of decision for them that they have to pay attention to the word of Christ themselves. Okay, point number two, don't miss this. Both the butler and the baker held positions of trust in Pharaoh's household. Both hold positions of great trust in the king's house, so they represent great value to the king. This word that's translated in your King James Bible as butler, there's another place where it's translated as cupbearer in Nehemiah chapter 1, verse 11. Nehemiah was the king's butler. He was the king's cupbearer, and look at how he puts it. O Lord, I beseech thee, let now thine ear be attentive to the prayer of thy servant and to the prayer of thy servants who desire to fear thy name and prosper. I pray thee, thy servant this day, and grant him mercy in the sight of, of this man, the king, right, the king of Medo-Persia. Grant me favor, for I was the king's cupbearer. Nehemiah was a trusted, high-ranking official in the kingdom of Persia. He was next to the king, just like this butler was next to Pharaoh. And you say, well, you know, he's just a glorified, you know, kitchen worker. No, that's not. That's not it. This is a position of sacred trust. These were the taste testers. These are the ones that make sure the king is not getting poisoned. He's not being assassinated. Uh, The king would have implicitly trusted these people. And whenever they disappointed Pharaoh, it was such a breach that he was going to have them killed. I can't trust you. I can't use you. Something happened that he found out that the butler was trustworthy. Uh, we'll see that uh, here in Genesis chapter 40. But but uh, here's Nehemiah. He's in this place. It's a trusted position before the king. Read the book of Nehemiah. This cupbearer sets and executes foreign policy for the king on behalf of the king in the Middle East. There in Israel. I mean, he's running this on behalf of his king. It's a big position of trust. The baker, this was the chief baker of Egypt. So these are both tasters. They're assuring that there's no, they're protecting the king. They're protecting Pharaoh. There can't be any problems with the food. His eggs have to be scrambled exactly the way that he likes it. Can I just tell you, if you've got scales on your eggs when you're done scrambling them, you didn't cook them right. Those eggs should be folded and folded and folded right? When you're scrambling eggs, you want them to come out light and fluffy. You don't want any, you don't want any boogers in your eggs, right? Now that's ropey, snotty stuff. No, you you got to cook them out till they just, everything congeals, right? You, got, you have to cook your eggs. Right. If you don't cook your eggs right, they're not edible. The baker should have known that. And the king bites into his omelet and there's like snot in it. I mean, what? Off with his head. So they're both in prison. So don't miss this, right? Both these two high-ranking officials in verse one find themselves in prison. See, the favor of the world cannot be depended upon. That's how the world works, man. The world is very fickle. One minute, you're the man, you're the woman. The next minute, you're a pariah. Ask easy. Of course, he's crazy. But anyway, verses three and four, Joseph is running the jail. He's back in a position of authority within the prison system. So, did Potiphar say, I'm getting more data? That's just something to keep in the back of your mind. Verse eight, don't miss that Joseph is willing to interpret their dreams. That's proof that he didn't lose faith in the two dreams, the two visions that God gave him before in Canaan. I don't know how, but God's gonna promote me. He had faith, and because he had faith in what God had given him, this dream, this vision that's still unfulfilled, and with him at the place that's seemingly the farthest from it ever possibly being fulfilled, how am I gonna, how how are my brethren going to submit to me? I'm in prison. How is this, no, he stays full of faith. And so God rewards Joseph's faith with two more dreams. This next set of data would lead Joseph to the fulfillment of God's vision for his life. Eventually, the butler is gonna wise up and uh, hook hook Joseph up. Don't miss that Joseph cares about those under his supervision. Philippians 2.4 says we're not to look on our own things but every man also on the things of others. Romans 12, 15 says we're to rejoice with them that do rejoice and weep with them that weep. We're commanded by God to have care for other people. So Joseph comes into the prison, why are you guys looking so sad? Talk to me, unburden yourself. Man, that's what Jesus says to you. Why are you looking so sad? Can't you cast your care on the Lord? Don't you know he cares for you? He's been tempted like we have, without fail. He didn't fail in those temptations. He was tempted in all points though. He understands. He understands our weakness. He understands our infirmities. He understands the the temptation that we deal with in life. You can take anything to him and he'll understand. Guys, talk to me. What's wrong? You contrast the way Joseph is serving those that he's in charge of with the people who you know, try to make a name for themselves through astrology or fortune-telling. What are they doing? They're trying to take advantage of people. They're good at reading people to keep stringing them along. Come back for another session. Come back for another session. 100 bucks, 100 bucks, 100 bucks. Okay, let's get the rubber on the road here. These two dreams tell of events coming in three days. Don't miss that phrase, three days. It's a great Bible theme. Three days, three days to Mount Moriah. Three days in a great fish. Three days Jesus was in the tomb. So in three days, we're gonna see an outcome of death and an outcome of life. Uh, That, I mean, that is tied in to everywhere. Three days shows up in your Bible. So for the butler, three days results in promotion. It results in life. For the baker, Three days results in his execution. Again, don't mess with the king. This criminal was decapitated and then his headless body would, be, would have been hung on a tree in full public view till it was consumed by the birds. What's interesting is these, both these men give, this, give their dreams, right? And Joseph doesn't hold back. He speaks the truth in love. Both the words of life and the words of condemnation, doesn't he? He doesn't hide anything from these men and what an example that is to speak the truth in love, don't hold back, don't hide the truth. You wanna tell people of the judgment to come and the hope that's in Christ. I gave you in your notes, you've got a heading called bread and wine. Okay. Don't miss the two elements that we're seeing here in Genesis chapter 40, the two elements of bread and wine. Okay? Read Mark chapter 14. I don't know if I put this in your notes but let me give you the cross references for the New Testament. You see the Lord's table in Mark 14, Matthew 26, Luke chapter 22. You see it also in 1 Corinthians 11. It's called the Last Supper, the Lord's table. What I don't want you to miss as you examine these elements of bread and wine in Joseph's life There's a ministry of bread and wine with Joseph as a type of Christ. Uh, The body in the Lord's table, the Christ's body is represented by bread and that bread was broken because his body died. It's broken and it dies on the tree over our sin. The bread is connected to death but then the wine represents what? The blood. And that shed blood makes provision for eternal life for all of Adam's race. So don't miss that, the cup, right? The blood is represented by the cup washing away sin and that's what happens in the life of this butler. Whatever the accusation was, that's forgiven him and he bears the cup before the king. All right, the last few verses, verses 20 through 23, let's title this section Hope Deferred. Joseph is hoping, right, he can get out of prison soon, he can get on with God's will for his life. Well, not so fast. Verse 20, and it came to pass the third day, which was Pharaoh's birthday, that he made a feast unto all his servants, and he lifted up the head of the chief butler and of the chief baker among his servants, and he restored the chief butler unto his butlership again, and he gave the cup into Pharaoh's hand, but he hanged the chief baker as Joseph had interpreted to them. Yet did not the chief butler remember Joseph, but forgot him. This guy's so excited he's not dead. (laughs) And he got his job back, and he's still somebody in Pharaoh's kingdom. He completely forgets about this Hebrew slave that was over him in prison. Totally forgets about him. So Joseph's blessing on the butler during this trial in his life, it's not remembered or rewarded, until two full years later. Two full years later. He, he's gotta do two more years of time in prison before he is let out. So don't miss verse 23. The chief butler did not remember Joseph, he forgot him. You gotta stay full of faith, regardless of your circumstances. Two more years, right, man, you're gonna be promoted. Talk to Pharaoh about this. Let me tell you my story. I'm in here unjustly, and what we're gonna find out is that the butler knows and believes that because he does end up speaking up for Joseph to Pharaoh. He just totally forgot. Man, people are gonna forget you. You're gonna feel like life is forgetting you. You gotta stay full of faith regardless your circumstances. 1 Corinthians 15, 58 says, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. The butler forgot Joseph, but God didn't forget him. Joseph didn't allow his circumstances to destroy his faith. You can't allow your circumstances to destroy your faith. God didn't forget you, he's not done. The end of the story isn't here yet. There's much that God wants to do. Micah 7, 7 says, therefore will I look unto the Lord. I will wait for the God of my salvation. My God will hear me. Lamentations three twenty it is good that a man should both hope and quietly wait for the salvation of the Lord. In Galatians 6, 9, let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. There it is. You know, Joseph, after about two months in prison after the butler is restored, it's probably sinking in. This guy, he's not, he's not fighting for me. And so he's gonna be tempted to despair. He's gonna be tempted to grow weary and well-doing. But he can't do that because he's a type of Christ. He has, to, he has to stay full of faith. He has to keep moving forward in faith. Brothers and sisters, you carry, if you're a believer, you carry the name Christian, the diminutive of Christ, right? Christ-ian, little Christ. You're a picture. Your life is a type of Christ. You can't grow weary in well-doing. You can't grow weak in faith you say, well, I do it all the time. Well, yeah, repent, because you, you, you can't do that. You've got to stop. You have to stay full of faith. You have, to, you have to keep moving forward in faith because God is at work in your life. You say, well, then why am I suffering so? Well, because God is showing you, because you do need to go through it, to see that he is enough, to see that you can trust him, to see that he's sufficient for any problem, any trial, any difficulty. You need that. You have to learn though, okay, people are gonna let you down. God will never leave you, he will never forsake you, he will never let you down. More than anything, why is Joseph still in jail? He didn't do anything wrong. An officer in Pharaoh's government knows that there's an innocent man in prison. Why is he still in jail? Well, because God's timing everything out. Joseph has to be in jail, he, he can't be released from prison too early, otherwise the butler can't find Joseph when it's time. If Joseph's off free, Pharaoh has a dream, nobody can interpret it, you have to be able to find Joseph, we can't have Joseph running off, we can't have him go into another country, we can't have, jo- right, Joseph has to be able to be gotten so that he can be savior of the world, that's what has to happen. See, God's timing out the events of your life, including your suffering, and He's doing it for your maximum benefit but also for His greatest glory. And if it pleases God to let you suffer for a while, that suffering, stay full of faith that that suffering is for your perfection. God's using it for your maturing. He's using it to to use you better in the lives of people. Joseph ends up being one of the greatest types of Christ in your Bible. Check out the handout, okay? This is the handout that I gave you, that listing, three pages of examples of Joseph as a type of Christ. It is not an exhaustive list. They're just the, 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 the that's all the low hanging fruit right there. He's one of the greatest types of Christ in your Bible. He ends up being literally the savior of the entire civilized world. He saves the world from famine and death, just as Christ saves us from the famine and death of sin. In Genesis chapter 37, we found out that all must bow before Joseph, so also Christ. In Genesis 43, we're gonna see Joseph as the righteous judge, so also Christ. All things work together for good to them who love God, to those that are called by his name, God promises to take all those things, even the suffering, even the hardships, even the betrayal, even the times where others forget you. He's gonna take all of that and he's gonna work it all together for good in your life. Why? Because he wants to conform you. He wants to mature you. He wants to mold you into the image of Christ. Christ had to suffer before he is glorified. If Christ had to suffer before he was glorified, guess what that means for you and me? Turn to your neighbor. Let them know there's going to be some suffering. Will you endure hardness as a good soldier? Because that's what God wants from you. He wants you to endure hardness as a good soldier. Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. And Lord, I'm asking for your blessing on my brothers and sisters. That God, you would so work in our hearts and lives that we would see that, Lord, you are with us in trial. You're with us in suffering. Lord, help us to study our suffering. Help us to study the trial. Help us to study persecutions. Lord, help us to see how you're using them in our life. Lord, none of us will be able to do that if we don't spend some time in your word. Lord, I'm praying for this church family as we pull out concordances and open Bible programs and we start doing word studies on, on suffering, on persecution, on trial. How, how, how patience, lear, the learning of patience will have its perfect work in our lives. God, I'm asking today in Jesus' name that we would represent you well in those times of trial that the lost world would see the reality of who you are in our life. The gospel has never been more fruitful Throughout all of church history, it's never been more fruitful than the times when your church has suffered mightily, suffered greatly. Lord, deliver us from a and mentality where we don't want any suffering, any hardship. We wanna take our ease. We wanna just live the life that's rich and increased with goods. Lord, where are the men and women at MBT that'll say, I'm not building a life for myself in this world, I wanna go build Christ's church. I'm not building a life for myself, I'm not looking for an easy life. I wanna matter for Christ's kingdom. Where are the people like that, that'd be willing to go to places like Nairobi, to go to places like the Pacific Rim, to go to these places where people want the good news? Where are the people that will Engage in the winning of souls, in the training of disciples, the equipping of leaders, the multiplying of ministers. Where are the people that are going to say, my life exists for your glory. And so the difficulty, the problems, the persecution, the trials, the times where I'm forgotten, forgotten, Lord, thank you for the fellowship. God, please, would you open our understanding, deliver us from a Laodicean laziness and selfishness and self-serving wickedness. God, we're your people, this is your church. Please, would you have your way with every life, with every heart, every mind. Lord, you'll have to open our understanding. You'll have to make it so that we receive this. And then Lord, when you speak to us, I pray that we'd be willing to hear and that we'd be willing to submit, that we'd be willing to surrender. You sent Joseph to the world and he went, and he went the hard way. Lord, you're sending us. We live in a day and age, God, where at the first sight of trouble, people just wuss out, they chicken out. Lord, deliver us from being babies. Help us to be mature, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.